0: I feel like the lead on this show from now until August 14th is actually pretty simple. Didn't we both sign an agreement today with management that we'll bring up the name Williams Winnery within the first 30 seconds of the show from now until August 14th? Did you sign that document as well? I didn't sign that document.
1: Honestly, if such (laughs) a document existed, I forged your
0: signature. I forged your signature. Yeah, if
1: such a document existed, it would have seemed pretty superfluous to me because (laughs) it feels like, regardless of. What else is going on in the OU football slash recruiting world? We're going to end up bringing up Williams-Whineri pretty organically at the very beginning of every single show.
0: Williams-Whineri, Williams-Whineri, Williams-Whineri. Yeah, that's the open of the show from now until well, hopefully he announces on August 14th. We'll see. And we've uh, we, we've said many times that he's the number one overall player on on three, but he's the number three overall player on twenty four seven he 's the number three overall player on uh, on rivals, so he 's the number one defensive player in all three. I would think the chances are pretty high that we 're talking about not just the number one defensive player by one service, maybe the consensus number one defensive player of this entire twenty twenty four recruiting class as we get deeper and deeper in this twenty four cycle, it feels like the three main websites are all coming to the agreement. Yeah, there's some really good players out there, but there's not a better defensive player in this cycle than Williams Winery. I'll tell you now, unless somebody absolutely lights it up
1: on tape this fall, the race for the number one overall prospect in the 2024 class is a two-horse race between Dylan Rayola... And Williams Noenery.
0: Yeah, sure seems that way. Uh Gunny says, so is Williams Winary really taking a visit to the South Dakota State jackrabbits? So there's our <laughs> crazy Williams Winnery uh rumor for today. We're gonna see the hashtag Noinary to Brookings
1: trending. If you the wear
0: hour. your South Dakota State t shirt tomorrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna get pretty worried. I'm gonna get pretty concerned. South Dakota State has offered a uh, very impressive NIL package. Yeah, you know that's actually here. why
1: I go up there so frequently. It's not to get intel on Williams and Winery's
0: recruitment. It's to push him to South Dakota State. Yeah, well, hey, you know he, he'd be happy there. That'd be a, that'd be a big addition for them. So when it comes to Williams Winery, we'll talk about the number two most talked about prospect on this show, David Stone. And we made the point last week that well. I think OU leads for David Stone. We'll see what happens later on this month. But if nothing else, OU has done everything in their power, especially after Mike Hill-Patterson-McDonald committed on Monday. They've done everything around David Stone to ensure that they have the best shot at him. Getting a commitment from Jaden Jackson, getting one from Mike Hill-Patterson-McDonald, but if you think about it, man, OU's really done that with Williams-Whitney as well, have they not? Yeah. Getting Caden well. Green last cycle, getting Kamori Moore for, for next year. Like, I don't know if they've done everything around williams Winary, but they've done quite a bit more than any other school to put them in the best spots. And at a certain point in the process, you just kind of have to step. Uh, you just kind of have to
1: take a step back and go, you know what? We've done all we can. And it feels like Oklahoma has done that with both Williams Nuaneri and with David Stone and also with their other top target, who's probably going to decide sometime this month, and Grant Bricks. It feels like with all three of those guys, Oklahoma has put their best foot forward. They've had all the conversations that need to be had. They've made concessions and promises in all the areas in which they've needed to make concessions and promises. And there's not a whole lot else that can be done at this point from the Oklahoma side to be able to really solidify those three individuals' commitment to the University of Oklahoma. So at this point, man, it's, it's kind of a hurry-up-and-wait deal, right? Because I, I promise you that coaching staff, as July turns to August and they're suddenly in touch in a hurry with all of the guys that are emerging as top targets for them in the 2025 class – They're going to want these guys in the class of 24 to make a decision pretty soon here. And it looks like we're on track to get one within the next three, four weeks from each of those three guys. But I think we've all kind of come to the point, if we're looking at this thing from an Oklahoma perspective, where we can safely acknowledge, yeah, there's not a whole lot else to do. You just kind of have to trust what the coaches have done the work and the time that they have invested into recruiting these players and trust that in the end, the players are going to see a home and a fit for them at Oklahoma.
0: Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line already popping off, 405-651-3439. From the 918, I heard he was at Friends University the other day, LOL. Any chance that Friends University, and if uh, I think you'll know where I'm going here, has the uh, middle finger flipping the bird as their logo? Any chance? Friends University has that? That would be <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't believe that is the.
1: Friends University, is that in Kansas? I'm trying to think offhand. It, is Where, it
0: an NAIA school? I, I grew up in Chicago. It's definitely in, I grew it's up in definitely an NAIA school. And USAOs, and, and I feel they played, uh, they, they played Friends University in a big playoff game one time. Uh, Wanneri to Pitt State. Back to back. He is visiting the Pitt State Gorillas text today <laughs> from Sooner Todd and Stillwater Sooner. So, uh-oh, let's see if uh, Pitt State start getting some crystal balls here. Slim Brady, South Dakota State's running back, is from Missouri. Uh, 580, if you were listening to Steel, you know he's going to Arizona State Community College of Minneapolis. And Sugar Shane in Newcastle, my man, I don't give a damn about williams Winery. I want Grant Brickhouse Bricks. I'm telling you, man, if if OU ends up getting Grant Brickhouse Bricks, as Sugar Shane is calling him, you will be most excited about Williams, Winery, and David Soad if those happen. But maybe the majority of people, like favorite recruits, could be Grant Bricks, the more that they learn about this kid.
1: Yeah, the Cow Problems text is like one of the top five texts I've ever received. He's already my favorite recruit in history, and
0: he's not even committed anywhere yet. It just feels like it is written that uh, he's going to be an exceptional offensive lineman. What you uh, you went ahead and went to to Todd uh, Todd McShay yesterday and projected him as a first round pick in the NFL draft. No, I mean I've said that before. I just like when you watch Grant
1: Bricks's tape and you imagine what he's going to be capable of in a workout program coordinated by Jerry Schmidt and a practice setting in which he is work working and learning under the tutelage of Bill Biedenbow. oh boy. Like, the Trent Williams comparison is unfair for anybody, as is probably the Lane Johnson comparison because those are two future Hall of Famers at offensive tackle. But, You can can take really any Oklahoma offensive lineman of the last
0: 15, 20 years, and I would say Grant Bricks has the potential to be just as good or better than any of them. Should we take this personal, or should the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line take this one personal from the 817? Stop the text line attempts at humor. They are no longer funny or entertaining. Do you have nothing else to read? Hey, I will stick up for the text line. The text line is both <laughs> and funny and, <laughs> and entertaining to read. And yes, we will continue the attempts at humor on the text line. I Every just, single
1: segment. I love the irony in using the text line to diss the text line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I Meyer, Chevrolet text line, I, I, I love you, okay? So I'm going to choose for us to take that personally and not them. But how they react to that statement is gonna be, uh, It's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, okay, williams Airy story one. Story two from yesterday is probably Xavier Robinson. What did we find out over the uh, evening hours last night? Anything there with uh, Xavier Robinson whatsoever? No,
1: I haven't heard anything definitive as to what that tweet represents. Like, it, it's moments like that where I'm like, what even is my job? I, I have to take a step back and be like, Following what tweet? say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the kid tweeted, people, wow, I got to check people in People are actually curious to know the motivations behind a one-word tweet, and I am the one that has to go and dig up the motivations behind said tweet. So I didn't find, I, I didn't gain any clarity as to what the Xavier Robinson tweet meant. I wish I had
0: additional information to share. I don't. Well, today, here's the important part. He still has this offer from OU, which, did someone really start that rumor yesterday that his offer was no longer uh, valid with the OU coaching staff? Yes, someone started that rumor. Well, that is not true today, and he is still committed today. He's still a part of the 2024 class, and I would expect him to continue to be a part of the 2024 class as well. So, 24 hours after the wow tweet that we had, uh, Xavier Robinson's still a part of the class. So that's how I'm going to operate moving forward. Unless he tweets out, wow, again today, and then you're going to have to be uh, hot on the trail once again trying to find out some information. A listener yeah. in the 402 says, you guys have buried the lead. Justin Broyles is on yeah, staff I now. Yeah, I did see that today. Good for him. Good for him. I, I hope that that works out uh, for him in an uh, off-the-field role for uh, Justin Broyles, but uh, good, good for him.
1: Yeah. And, and he, he a-
0: feels like a guy with the personality that he, he, I think he's got a chance to be successful
1: in that business. Well, and this is something, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show, I know I've talked about it with Steely for last year or two at this point. Justin Royals was always a guy that you had pegged as a coach once his playing days were over, because it was pretty evident to everybody that he didn't have what it took to have a career as a professional football player, but... He had the right type of spirit, intensity, attention to detail, and cerebral mind for the game to be able to serve a program or an organization effectively in a coaching role. And I think the the fact that he's an OKC kid, played six years at the University of Oklahoma when a lot of guys in his shoes would have transferred out at a certain point along the line, uh, speaks highly of his character and... I'm curious to see what kind of trajectory his coaching career has because I do think that is where he has the opportunity to make waves.
0: Uh, Aaron and Lubbock, I I guess he's our Texas Tech buddy now. He uh, uh, checked in yesterday, Tech alum, says, can we take a moment of silence for the Pac-12? Rest in peace, late-night football. Florida State is meeting right now. Uh, they've been meeting for 15 minutes. Florida State Board of Trustees meeting is going on right now, and Florida State apparently is making it no secret that they are interested, very interested, in fact, in moving to another conference, be it the Big Ten or the SEC. Florida State is kind of uh, making it known: hey, uh, we're here, we're available if someone wants to poach us. So, anything, and I mean anything that happens out of this uh, Board of Trustees meeting in Tallahassee. We'll be sure to uh, pass that one along. 405-651-3439 is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, where the jokes are still funny. The jokes are still funny on the text line. and I Unless know that we you just don't have a them. sense of humor. Yeah, unless you just don't have a sense of humor. Uh, coming up next, OU gets a commit today, in-state commit, and then Andy Bass has an announcement tomorrow. So we'll tell you what's going on there. Coming up next, right here on The Ref, for the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army, listening via the free KREF app nationally. Just search KREF in the App Store. Appleton, Wisconsin is tuned in today. Winfield, West Virginia. Waxahachie, Texas. Porterville, California. Columbia, Missouri. Blackfoot, Idaho. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Davenport, Oklahoma. Slightly larger. Than our small town of the day yesterday that had a population of uh, well it was a uh, cloud was it, chief was it a, was it a ghost, is it a ghost town it's a ghost town officially mm. where is Davenport I think Davenport like from Oklahoma City if you're going to Tulsa it's uh, like towards you can go up the highway gotcha, I want to say. Gotcha. Maybe uh, kind of in the direction of uh, Stroud, Stroud, maybe over in that area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's uh, brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than Furniture Consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Okay. OU gets a commit today. Three-star from Edmund Santa Fe. He is a preferred walk-on parker, but... It sounds like this could be uh, like the Andy Bass situation. Yeah. His school will still be paid for. Yeah, his school will be taken
1: care of. And this is a guy that had several FBS scholarship offers elsewhere. So much like Andy Bass, what Oklahoma is doing with guys like Kaiser, and you would hope Bass later this month, is they're getting preferred walk-on commitments from guys who, A, are in-state standouts on the prep circuit, and B would rather go to Oklahoma and fight for what they – and basically try to earn their snaps on the field at a prestigious blue blood institution, try to lift the program from bottom up, than go somewhere like Tulsa or Syracuse and just be another cog in the machine for a program that will win six, seven games a year. So I think it's very, very creative and very clever the way that Venables and this staff are handling in-state players like that who are – Clearly, FBS-level football yeah. players, but maybe aren't Power 5 caliber, at least in an immediate sense, but they're willing to bet on
0: themselves, trust the process, trust the development under this coaching staff and Jerry. In two or three said, years, you, you, maybe, who knows what you got? I mean, with Gavin Freeman, it happened almost instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you, and not everyone's going to be a Gavin Freeman, sure. so I don't want to set those expectations for every you know kid that's a preferred walk-on in state, but... You know, odds are likely that you'll find you know one or two of those every once in a while that end up being big time players for you. So you're right, man. It's a creative way to do more damage with in state recruiting, and I think it's I think it's really smart, man. Not only not only is it really smart that you're bringing in what a kid that's got three stars at least by one service is it? Yes, Bergen uh, Kaiser is how is that? Is that that's correct. Yeah. Bergen Kaiser, yeah, is how you say his name from Edmund Santa Fe. Not only does it bring you in kids that you can develop for two or three years before maybe they're a player, we go back to those relationships in-state, right? Um, and now OU might get two kids from Edmond Santa Fe. How about a, that? A program that maybe more, I, I'm, I don't know, like Mustang has done a nice job of this, but if you're looking at the Westside 6A schools the past 15, 20 years or so, I mean, Edmond Santa Fe has been up there in you know, churning out the most Power 5 talent, I would say. I mean, they're at least in that mix. So. And then Santa Fe's not a bad school to kind of help your relationships out there if uh, if they were struggling at some point. And I'm not saying that they were, but getting two kids in the 2024 cycle at least, that's that's a good move. Certainly. By the way, I cannot confirm this, but a listener in the 918 has
1: informed us on the Myers Chevrolet text line that Davenport is where the shopping cart was
0: invented and first used. Do they have a museum that reflects that? I think they I need would hope to. so. The shopping cart museum,
1: yeah. Let's I go. mean, if we
0: could do a show from there, you invent
1: and first use something that is now used across the globe and has become integ- an integral facet of culture. Yes, I would hope you have a museum dedicated to it. But back to football, you're gonna. So you're gonna get Bergen Kaiser from Edmund Santa Fe. You're hoping to get Joshua Sosa. Andy Bass from Heritage Hall. I expect that one to be done by the end of the month.
0: So he's got an
1: announcement tomorrow. Is his announcement tomorrow a commit date? To my knowledge, the announcement tomorrow is not a commitment. So is it just it's an, an announcement that precedes a commitment? You would expect that that would be a commitment date
0: because we already have the top three. Yes, we already have that part. So if if the if the announcement tomorrow is not a commitment. Uh, I mean, I would think that it was probably a commit date. OU, yeah. Syracuse, and Kansas State are the final three, by the way. Yeah, and if you follow the trajectory of the
1: Bass recruitment, I think what's evident at this point is that OU is in the driver's seat to land him. And, again, not every single one of those guys that you pick up with one of these incentivized preferred walk-on spots is going to turn into Gavin Freeman, obviously. But you don't need every single one of them to turn into Gavin Freeman. If they can, at the by the end of their career, be a rotational player, if they're contributing on special teams even, if they are on Saturdays in the fall contributing to this program's bottom line, it's well worth the investment because the cost of in-state tuition is not that much to cover as an athletic department and as a university.
0: And they don't count against your 85 scholarship. Sure. It, what it is, it's, it's the perfect like marriage between the two sides of, well, stars really matter. Well, we got to recruit more in-state kids. Like You're getting good in-state kids. Like They're just not giving these preferred walk-on offers uh, to Oklahoma kids that can't play. I mean, we saw, what, two, three Bixby kids last year that can really play get preferred walk-on offers. We're talking about it here with Bergen-Kaiser. Like th- these kids can really play, so you're you're establishing that in-state presence that you need, those relationships that you need. If a big-time four-star were to come out of Santa Fe here in the next few years, but you're also using your scholarships that you have to go out of state and get big-time four and five-star prospects. So it's, in my opinion, it's the it's the perfect way to go about it for the staff.
1: Another Green Country listener asked, Hey Parker, why not make a paid PWO for Dax Collins from Poto? Uh, that I don't know, and trust me, if I were in that recruiting office at the University of Oklahoma and the school had the fi- financial wherewithal to make that happen and I had the go-ahead from everybody to offer Dax Collins an incentivized PWO, an NIL PWO, if you will, I'd absolutely do it. I love Dax Collins. He committed to Tulsa last month over offers from smu and i want to say he might have had a tcu offer i can't i know he had a north texas offer uh he had some he had some group of five offers that weren't throwaways he chose to stay home and play at tulsa but lifelong sooner fan i think if oklahoma were willing to make that happen for him there's a decent chance they could get him in the fold and I certainly think that's the type of guy that could end up playing a meaningful role on this football team three, four years in the future.
0: Ray uh, tweeted us earlier and said, I'm curious how many in-state commits do the Sooners have so far? What's the most in a recruiting cycle for OU? In terms of scholarship, guys, I'm not sure the most in the recruiting rankings era, how many in-state commits OU's had. I know they have two right now, Xavier Robinson, Mike Hill, Patterson, McDonald. Where you're probably going to see a lot is in 2025. Uh, Kevin Sperry, if you want to count that one, I mean, his junior and senior year will be played in Oklahoma. So if you want to count him, that's fine. And then Elijah Thomas is committed in twenty twenty five. There's a future cast in for another Carl Albert outside backer, Marcus James. I, 20- that one may not take long either. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Like in twenty four, OU could get um, they could get Danny Okoye. They could get Devin Jordan. They've got Xavier Robinson, uh, Andy Bass. He won't be necessarily a scholarship guy. So you're going to see Josh Iasosa. You're, you're going to see a lot of Oklahoma kids in 24, but in 25, man, with how good the, uh, the, the, the top-end talent is in 25, that might maybe set the uh, recent record for most scholarship kids in a class for in-state. I would say at
1: this point in time, we've been talking about how good the 2025 class in Oklahoma is going to be for close to two years, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Having a guy that I think is going to be a top five quarterback in the nation move into your state certainly helps in that regard. But Oklahoma doesn't even need to have a clean sweep of the P5 caliber Oklahoma kids in the class of 2025, to be able to sign perhaps the most memorable in-state class yeah. in modern history. And 2017 had some dogs in-state, Creed Humphrey most notably. But this 2025 class, it is going to be truly special.
0: Not, not just truly special, but the way things sit right now maybe one of the best that we've seen in a few decades because I'm looking on 24-7 right now. And again, these rankings are going to change. But as it sits right now... There are four kids, four prospects in-state for 2025 that are ranked in the top 90 nationally in the state of Oklahoma. C.J. Nixon at 38, Nate Roberts at 61, Tristan Haynes at 85, and Jaden Nickens at 88. Dude, I can't remember the last time OU's had four in-state prospects in the top 90. And it's not crazy to think that Kevin Sperry will be a top 100 player by the time it's all said and done either. So there, I guess there is a world where Oklahoma could have five players in the top 100 for that 2025 class. So not just special, but maybe, uh, maybe legendary. I don't know. It's exciting to think about, though, especially with what they're doing in-state. Mark in Newcastle says, Any chance Zadavian Sims flips back to <laughs> OU? So it was last no. week or two weeks ago. T- it was like two months to the day that he committed to Oregon, and we revisited that, and the, yeah, the thought was, yeah, not really. Not really. Nothing's Zero really shot. happened. Has there even been any communication between the no. the two sides there? No. Sure didn't seem no. like it. That, that
1: bridge was burned the day that he committed to Oregon.
0: Yeah. It uh, kind of felt like that was the case. Uh, remember that uh, rival story I brought up yesterday, predictions for... Top 10 uncommitted prospects in the Southeast. They had David Stone on there, and they're predicting OU, which I think everyone is as of right now. They also had Eddie Pierre-Louis in that story, and they have uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis, the four-star offensive lineman, predicted to UCF. So that was – I meant to bring that up because he was the other OU target listed in that top 10 in the Southeast of uncommitted prospects. David Stone, the one you want, predicted to OU. You take Eddie Pierre-Louis, but – Looks like UCF is leading that one right now.
1: And I think you're okay with that right now if you're an OU fan because, I mean, heck, Daniel Akakumi just got an invite to the Under Armour All-American game. So that's clearly a guy that can play some ball. And as long as things continue along their current trajectory in that recruitment, I think OU ends up with him. I haven't put in a future cast for Akankumi yet just because he's never been to campus. And so uh, it feels somewhat premature to drop a prediction for a guy that's never been to campus unless you have a really, really strong indication that OU is where he wants to be. OU's battling Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. But if you get that kid, you get Josh Sosa and then you can close things out with Grant Bricks. I don't think you're wringing your hands over not having having Eddie Pierre-Louis in the
0: class. Frisco Center, Parker, Tyler, has there been any talk from the coaches about Jacoby Johnson? Yeah, we heard yesterday he is um, he's on the defensive side of the ball. That's where he's uh, that's where he's at right now. He's in Jay Velay's room as a cornerback. Jay Vali referred to
1: him as, and if this is a, not a direct quote, it's very, very close to one, one of the freakiest athletes I've ever seen. And he also said he's had to fight tooth and nail with the offensive staff yep. to keep Jacoby Johnson with the defensive backs.
0: What did he say, an uh, arm wrestling match or something like that? He, he had to win to get him on the <laughs> defensive side. Todd Bates' nemesis, am I a five-star plus yet? No, high three. Ooh, you're, you're a development project. Todd Bate, we got to get you in the program a little bit. Get you in the uh, off-season yeah, conditioning. You got to buy in, man. We got to see more buy-in from you. Which, I, I, speaking of that, I loved uh, Miguel Chavis' comments yesterday. Basically saying, um, you know, why do you feel? Wh- why do you feel so strongly about your position group being better? And what did he say, Jerry freaking Schmidt, or he just <laughs> yes, Jerry he Jerry Schmidt, when And I think it was Dean asking him the question, like, well, that strength staff was here last year. And Chavis brought up a good point to it before he asked Dean how much he benches. He said, <laughs> Dean's like, I'm over 60 years <laughs> old. He said, well, you don't just build muscle overnight. You don't create quick twitch overnights. You know, like muscle takes time to build. And now that the strength staff has been here a year, uh, you know, everyone's been here a year. Essentially, he's saying it was a much better off season. That's why we'll be better this year. But time will tell as uh, camp gets underway tomorrow for OU. 405-651-3439 is the knipple Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC is bringing you this hour of Locked In live on The Ref. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of our employees have been here for more than 20 years. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone. Their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC has all that and an incredible pricing as well. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC bringing you this hour of the rush. Uh, A couple of things happening out of Tallahassee. Let me get to that. First, um, apparently they're going to purchase a couple of planes. Florida State's University Board approves purchase of its own plane instead of using a charter in the future. Quote, we're going to purchase a couple of planes, said Chairman Peter Collins. So the thought there is for recruiting, but maybe, Parker, for smaller teams, maybe helping them travel to the north, Big Ten country. I don't know. We'll see what that means for uh, FSU. Sheesh. I... I, I, is that most likely if Florida State were to leave the ACC? Is it, it would, Big Ten? It would almost
1: certainly be the Big Ten.
0: Yeah. Now, I
1: man this this whole deal the, the the direction of college athletics, and I don't know how everybody feels about it individually, but it is becoming so. And I don't even know what the proper word is, but if money didn't already run collegiate athletics, it certainly does now. It is the onus behind every single one of the decisions that has been made by
0: any major collegiate athletic program over the last four or five years. Well, to that point, here is an actual quote said today with no context from a Florida State Board of Trustees meeting. Quote, oh I don't know of anyone who will be opposed to free money. If so, hit the mute button. In quotes. So <laughs> there you go. Your point Was is that uh,
1: George Klievkov or however you say it? Was that his pitch to the Pac-12 schools the other day?
0: Free money.
1: Uh, Apple TV subscribers.
0: Free money if we get all these people to subscribe to the uh, Pac-12 network or whatever they would call it on Apple. If we get 300 million Pac-12 network subscribers,
1: you'll all be raking in the cash on par with the SEC and the Big Ten.
0: And I love college football; it's my favorite sport. But I don't think that I would subscribe to Pac-12 games on uh, Apple TV. You know who
1: would subscribe to Pac-12 games? Pac-12. Well, fans of programs in the Pac-12. Oh. That's pretty much it.
0: All fi- and all degenerate fi- gamblers. All, all five hundred of them would uh, would, would subscribe. To well, yeah. Like them. think about it. I can't also, even watch. I can't even watch. Hate, hate watch USC anymore. I'm not going to subscribe. Well, yeah. To no it. USC.
1: No UCLA. We presume no Oregon or Washington. No Arizona and maybe no Arizona State. Who's got the biggest fan base in that Pac-12? Oregon
0: State, baby. <laughs> let's, let's go. I, I guess Utah out of the schools that you mentioned there, but Utah would be on the move somewhere. Probably the Big 12, I would guess. I it, would guess.
1: <laughs> does a uh, – never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I thought better of it. Um, Tyler from Kellyville asks, can I be the first PWO texter? Sure. Absolutely. Yes, you're you're the Bergen Kaiser of this text line. Three-star who's rolling with the PWO over better offers elsewhere.
0: Cole and Casey, OU and Florida State, classic SEC rivals. I don't know. This is selfish of me, of course. I don't know if I want Florida State to roll into the SEC. I kind of like the SEC how it is. I don't want anyone else in the Southeast to get an SEC bump in recruiting, especially anyone in the state of Florida, you know? Like, OU isn't doing as much damage in the state of Florida as they were last cycle, but make no mistake about it. OU's going to have a presence in the state of Florida. I don't want Florida State to get the SEC bump. I'm sorry. Is Flo- like, if Florida State goes to Big Ten, are they going to have to start recruiting like Illinois and Ohio? I hope so. <laughs> I, ho- yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the case. Uh, by the way, on August 2nd, we do have a current leader for KREF Recruiter of the Month. That we do. And it is Jeff Lebby. Now, I that's not going to hold. It's but. not going to hold for very long. But it, who, who's everyone predicting for K Ref Recruiter of the Month for August? Because this is the big one right here. Are you predicting uh, Bill Biedenboe? Are you predicting Todd Bates? Or are you predicting Miguel Chavis? Those those three coaches have the best three odds, right? Chav- n- and not necessarily in order. Chavis, Bates, and Biedenboe have the best odds for Ref Recruiter of the Month in August. Biedenboe's got Bricks and some others. Uh, of course, Chavis has Williams-Wanary, and Bates has uh, has David Stone.
1: And Bates is also involved in the Williams-Wanary Cor- recruitment. Correct. Like so. Chavis
0: is obviously running point
1: on that, but Bates has helped build that relationship as well. So, by virtue of his helping hand in the Wanary recruitment and running point on the David Stone recruitment, I would say Todd Bates has the best odds to emerge
0: as your K-Ref Recruiter of the Month for August. I I have two predictions for you this segment, by the way, both on the recruiting front. One, after an interaction before the show today, there has uh, definitely been times where a certain recruit has been brought up and you immediately roll your eyes before you even answer the question or even think about how you're going to respond to the question. I think... um, I think Caden Durham is really close to being in that territory for you if we're not there already. I feel like Caden Durham, I'm, we're bringing him, him up for the first time today, and I think it's worthy of, a, of an eye roll from him.
1: I'd, I don't know how many people watched or listened to the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast that we dropped a couple days ago with Michael Patterson McDonald immediately after his commitment to Oklahoma. But even Michael, who's known Caden Durham basically forever, was like, man, he'll just never tell you the whole truth. He's the hardest person to
0: deal with. It sure seems that way. It, it, it sure seems that way when Michael Patterson-McDonald is announcing on his Instagram Live and tight end commit Devon Mitchell is what, – what, what did he say about Caden Durham in, in the chat there? What, what's the word that he used to describe Caden Durham? He called him uh, the biggest troll of of them all, something like that. So if other commits in this class are are saying that, it's like, oh, there's probably some truth to that. Okay. But it sure seems like Caden Durham is uh, LSU bound. And OU is going to counter that with uh, Andy Bass at some point. A listener here in the 405 says, Lebby catches
1: so many strays. Let that guy have his flowers for a few days. Yes. Hey, he's
0: a leader right now. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Committed to the University of Oklahoma. OU in line to sign two quarterbacks in the same class for the first time in 18 years. Props
0: to Jeff Lebby. Todd Bates' nemesis says Sam Bradford was a three-star. That is Sam correct. Bradford was indeed a three-star. Coming out of uh, PC North. Jesse from Iowa, rumor that OU isn't going to match Mizzou's NIL offer for Winery. Is that true? What What's the number that's being rumored to throw it around? 750K? I keep seeing that on the uh, on the text line. I don't know. I'd... I don't really have a desire to
1: address that. I mean, rumors are rumors. NIL rumors are going to get thrown around whenever a five-star, wherever a five-star is concerned. But, look, Oklahoma has made it no secret to Nguyenary and his circle that uh, they are going to reward him richly in a financial sense if he chooses to enroll at the University of Oklahoma and also they're going to develop him for the NFL. So I, I, I don't think a few thousand dollars or even a few hundred thousand dollars at that point when you're talking about a figure that large is going to swing the Nguyenary recruitment. If he stays home and he goes to Missouri, it's going to be because it won't. Let me let me put it this way. Yes, the money will be part of the reason,
0: but it won't be the only reason. Uh, Okay, Reese in San Antonio says, How involved is Brent Venables in the Williams-Wanary recruitment? Weekly conversations, daily? Seems like he's targeted players in the past to focus on, like linebackers. Uh, I was told Venables had a
1: conversation with Nwanyary's mother on Monday night. Yeah, today's Wednesday, so that would have been Monday night. So, yes, Brent Venables is actively involved here down the stretch as the Sooners try to close this thing out.
0: Hey, by the way, my uh, second prediction... And I did it in the month of July, and Rivals agreed with me yesterday, OU was a recruiting winner in the month of July. Nice. OU is uh, going to be the recruiting winner in the month of August. The recruiting winner. Not a recruiting winner. Not in the top 10 like Rivals said yesterday, which I would have had him closer to the top five. OU will be uh, the recruiting winner in the month of August. Calling it right now. We'll see if on three rivals and everyone else agrees with me. Coming up on September 1st. 405-651-3439. Meyer, Chevrolet text line. We'll close up Locked In with more Cruton coming up next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. We will transition at 3 p.m. to the rush. Parker will be with me uh, once again today. Happy Commitversary to Mark Andrews. Ten years ago today, he committed to OU. That turned out to be a nice get, didn't it? Four-star prospect out of the state of Arizona. The number 131 player nationally in the 2014 class. He had an OU offer, a Bama offer, a Florida State offer, a USC offer, an Ohio State offer. He had a ton of offers. Picks OU, wins the Mackey Award in 2017, given to the best tight end. And uh, he, all he is is OU's all-time leader in receiving yards by a tight end. So, happy commit to Mark Andrews. I believe when nice he committed, late. he actually committed
1: as a wide receiver, if I recall correctly. I believe most recruiting services had him listed and or ranked as a wide receiver. And then obviously, I, I think in Oklahoma, in many ways, he was a wide receiver. He just happened to be a wide receiver who was yep. six foot six and could run.
0: Uh, OU gets a commit today, PWO from Edmund Santa Fe, three-star Bergen Kaiser. So he's a defensive lineman. Six-foot-four, 230 are the measurables, according to 24-7 Sports. His offer list um, had consisted of Air Force, Army, Navy, Oklahoma State, Sam Houston State, Tulsa, and UNLV. Those were the offers listed on 24-7 Sports. So essentially, you get a kid on a preferred walk-on spot, where Oklahoma State had offered him as an in-state prospect. So that's just another reason, I guess, to uh, maybe celebrate that one. Not an immediate impact player, but a kid that get two or three years in the program with that 6'4", 230 frame and look up in a couple of years and see if you have something here with the preferred walk-on. That's that's how you, that's how you look at this one. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think it also strengthens your case for Josh Asosa if you needed anything to strengthen your case heading into his August 14th decision. but. The more in-state guys you can get without burning an athletic scholarship to do so, I mean, there's no downside to it.
0: Uh, a couple of uh, national notes here: Trevor Jackson, a quarterback that OU offered, what about a month ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, Christ- uh, ball in for Ole Miss. That's yep. not surprising there. And then John Kitna's son former NFL quarterback John Kitna. Wait, which son? Jameson. Okay. Committed to Houston. <laughs> I was Not to the one th- that just left Florida. Uh, 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 he had a, that was his kid at Florida. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Not good.
1: Not good. I was about to say depending on the son, this conversation's about to go one of two
0: very different directions. Uh okay, chapstick on the Meyer chevrolet text line. Who is BV personally recruiting this cycle? So you had uh why am I blanking on his name? They ended up T'Celia going to Texas. Celia Cana, Yeah. That made a uh, signing day much worse last year after the whole Peyton Bowen stuff when Cecilia Cana picked Texas later I in know, the day. but
1: then Peyton Bowen flipped the next day and all was Always right always forgotten. Yes, but uh, who is BV recruiting personally? I mean, I I don't know that I can point to one specific guy. He I think in this cycle as opposed to last year like Venables did take a very vested interest in the Akana recruitment yesterday. And I will say this much. Ticeli Akana told the Oklahoma staff the night before he signed with Texas that he was coming to the University of Oklahoma. So Brent Venables went to sleep the night before National Signing Day, fully under the impression that all his hard work with Ticeli Akana had paid off. And then, obviously, it didn't turn out for one reason or another. But in this cycle, Venables has more taken the approach, I think, of Contributing a little bit to several recruitments. I mentioned last segment that he's been tied into the Nwennary process, but this has really provided a foundation and a stage in this 2024 cycle for his assistants to shine, more so than BV himself. And all of his assistants across the board right now are doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I would say point me to an assistant coach on this staff who hasn't
0: landed at least – one blue chipper well is there one um no I for some reason I thought Brandon Hall was one of the first to land a a blue chipper in this cycle Jaden Hardy yeah yeah so I I, I don't I'll I'll have to think on that over the break but it's probably wasted time because I think pretty much everyone has at this point
1: yes Finley yes DeMarco yes Lebby
0: Yes. Emmett Jones, LOL. Emmett Jones. (laughs) Several times over. So, offensive side of the ball, clean sweep. And a couple of them have uh, gotten a player, their highest rated player they've had committed since they've gotten to OU. What, Joe John being one, Todd Bates being one, DeMarco being another of those? So
1: Then defensively, you got Bates, Chavis, yes, Ted Roof, certainly. Uh, You got Jay Valai, and you got Brandon Hall. So, yeah,
0: everybody has a blue chipper. The early August feel around Williams Winery and David Stone, two prospects that we've talked about for several months now. I think the August early feel, the early August feel is, is good right now, right? With Winery coming up on the 14th, Stone coming up at the end of the month. Um, if you were to draw it up in March... How you would want to feel going into August? I feel like this is how you would want to feel going into August. A
1: little bit more surety regarding the Nuenary situation would be nice, I think, for most fans. but I'm not going to complain all, about where they're no, at right no. now. It's all right there in front of you, and you'd much rather be going toe-to-toe with Missouri in the final two weeks of a five-star recruitment than Oregon or Georgia or Tennessee.
0: All right, training camp starts tomorrow in Norman, 31 days away from kickoff. We'll talk uh, everything OU football coming up next on The Rush. Keep it locked on The Ref.